Blog Talk Radio.
now. Good evening. This is Rebecca Holmberg. I'm taking over for my husband, Sean, tonight. Um, I'm really new at this, so um, bear with me. I'm just going to play another song, and then we'll see what the Holy Spirit wants to do.
Okay, and we're back after those wonderful songs. Um, I just want to start out with a word of prayer and just want to see where the Lord takes it. Father, we come to you tonight. We're just amazed by your awesomeness. Lord, we just look up to you and praise you tonight. Lord, I pray that the Holy Spirit just works through us. And Lord, thank you for using us as vessels to do your will. Lord, I pray that hearts are open and ears are open tonight, Lord, that they may hear what you want to tell them. Lord, I pray for boldness tonight and for courage. All right, I'm going to take you to one of my favorite songs, and then we'll see if we have any callers. Right. 
Okay, and we're back. It's Rebecca Holmberg with Prayer International uh, Blog Talk Radio. Um, taking over for Sean for the first hour, and then we'll have Chris Herzog join us soon. Um, the Lord's been really talking to me, and I've been reading the book of James this week, and it's a really good book. Um, it's full of a lot of different topics that are, you know, just things that we're dealing with in our lives. And I think a lot of our friends and family are as well. And I just want to read a couple of verses um, to really start out. Um, chapter 1, verse 2. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. But let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives gives to all liberally and without reproach, and it will be given to him. But let him ask in faith with no doubting, for he who doubts is like a wave of the sea, driven and tossed by the wind. For let not that man suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. Let the lowly brother glory in his exaltation. But the rich in his humiliation, because as a flower of the field he will pass away. For no sooner has the sun risen with a burning heat than it withers the grass. Its flower falls and its beautiful appearance perishes. So the rich man also will fade away in his pursuits. Blessed is the man who endures temptation, for when he has been approved... He will receive the crown of life, which the Lord has promised to those who love him. And it and it goes into talking about temptation. And um, it goes farther into other subjects. But I want to kind of talk tonight about the trials that we go through as humans, not just Christians, but... Um, you know, and I'm very blessed to have a wonderful husband and to have four amazing children. And it's taken a lot of, I've gone through a lot of trials to get here. And I know this isn't an uncommon story, but I just want to share with you some things and kind of talk to you about me and where I'm coming from. Um, Basically, I grew up in a not really a Christian home. I was raised by my mother and stepfather, and I visited my biological father on the weekends and 
certain holidays and everything. And Well, when I was ready to go into junior high, my stepfather decided to put me in a Christian school near our home instead of a public junior high school, which in the neighborhood in Dallas we lived in was a safer route for us to go. Um, so I, before this, I went on and off to a Lutheran church growing up with my, uh, biological father's family and that sort of thing. But I, you know, it was just kind of one of those things. Some people did, some didn't. I don't really know much about God or Jesus or too much about any kind of religious thing at that point in my life. I was still pretty young. Um, I started uh, this Christian school, and and it, it was great. I mean, I heard about God every day, and I, you know, we had devotions before every class, and we had um, Bible class and chapel, and so I, I got to, you know, I was introduced to a lot of lot of uh, spiritual things, but there was still, you know, there's, there is uh, not a lot of encouragement, I guess you could say, and there wasn't a step-by-step plan, I guess, you know, um, but uh, I do remember the day I received Jesus into my heart. I was 12 years old, and it was actually during a basketball game in the gym. Uh, one of my good friends, her name was Lolly. <laughs> um, she, you know, helped me to the Lord, helped me to find Jesus. And... The next week, I joined the church that the uh, school was associated with, and I got baptized, and I started going to church, and it it was primarily a Baptist church, even though the school was non-denominational, as they say, Um, but, um, you know, I grew up and was a teenager, and you know, went on mission trips to Mexico, which was wonderful, the best thing, you know, one of the most amazing times in my life. Um, and so, uh, you know, the years passed, and uh, y'all are too kind to me. Um, so the years passed, and I grew up, and, you know, I kind of fell away from God. And stop going to church and, you know, how sometimes that happens so easily when we take our eyes off of God. Um, So, you know, I got married, started having kids and pretty much grew up and away from God. Uh, Started getting into other religions, uh, primarily pagan religions, Um, a shame to say. Um, and, you know, it seemed like there was still something missing in my life. Still, still, you know, like the song, A God-Shaped Hole. Um, that was me. 
you know, I had babies and I was, you know, a practicing Wiccan witch. And, you know, something just one day really hit me hard. And at the time I was living in East Texas with my then husband. Um, We're no longer together. But, um, um, and, you know, things were really hard. I was going through a lot of trials in my life. And I didn't realize at the time it was mostly because I had walked so far away from God. But, you know, that's the great thing about God is that he's there waiting for you. He's always going to be there. No matter, you know, and it reminds me, being a parent, I look at my children and I see the love that I have for them. And, you know, that's the same love God has for us. Sometimes we have to give our children space so they can make their own choices. And sometimes they're not going to be what we want them to do. But that's the thing of free will that God gives us. He doesn't want to see us hurting. But sometimes when we don't follow him and do what he, you know, wants for us, we, as my husband say, have to take the long way around the mountain to get to our purpose and, you know, the will that God has for us. I kind of got off the subject there for a second. But um, so I uh, moved back to Dallas, um, my kids and I. And, you know, God really started talking to me and really started, you know, really put a desire and an ache in my heart. You know, and when I went to church all those years ago at this point, no one, you know, they taught salvation and they taught about Jesus and, you know, you need to be saved so you don't go to hell. But they don't teach you, or they didn't teach me, what do you do after you're there? How do you build, you know, what is the purpose? Are we just getting saved so that we don't go to hell? You know, it, it, I knew there had to be more to it than that. There had to be. It just, you know, it's got to be more than just a insurance plan. You know, um, and um, I fought for this for a with a uh, with this for a while, and I just you know there was still something missing in my life, and uh, so you know things happened in my life. I wanted to be a better parent. I wanted to you know do something with my life. And so I, you know, went to college and became a medical assistant and got this really great job. And uh, I still work there four years later. And it's still a great job, most amazing job. And, you know, and it's all God. God, you know, inspired me and put me in a place where everything happened. And while I was at this place, at this, you know, through working at this place, 
um, I met a friend, and, you know, at, at this time I still wasn't living, you know, for God. And um, through her, I met my husband now, Sean. And, you know, he helped me to realize what was missing in my life. And unfortunately, it wasn't him. It was the fact that there was no room in my life for God at the time. And so, you know, that changed. And also, he taught me about the Holy Spirit which is something that in a Baptist church, or at least the one that I was pretty much grew up in, um, you know, there was here and then, you know, a word about it, but nothing to the, to what I've learned recently in the last few years. It's just amazing. Um, you know, the Holy Spirit is the one that God has given us to bridge, you know, he bridges the gap. He gives us a direct line to God. Um, and it's just amazing. It's very awesome. And... um so I started reading about the Holy Spirit and, you know, I, you know, started praying and asking him into my life and, and daily and just to help him to lead me and what God's will is for me. And again, I go back to James because, you know, where I am today is nowhere where I thought I'd be. And, you know, all my life I've wanted to be good, you know. And there are some people out there that, you know, they think, well, you know, I'm going to go to heaven. I'm a pretty good person. And, and and you know, God loves us all and he won't let us go to hell and all that stuff. And I actually have friends that think that way. But it's it's not just about being saved and going to heaven. It's about having that one-on-one relationship with God. It's just knowing that if there's ever a need, we'll fill it. He will be the one to fill that hole that you're so desperately needing. It's it's amazing. I, you know, I think back now and I just I can't imagine how I went through my days without him without feeling that there's always something more that I can learn that I can do and you know it's true what it says in James that through our trials God is teaching us patience and I was not the most patient person in the whole in the world, you know, growing up or or even as an adult, a young adult. I wanted what I wanted right then, right now. You know, I didn't want anyone to have I didn't want to have to wait on anything. <clears throat> 
but that's not what God wants. You know, God wants us to have the desires of our heart if it's according to his will. But we have to be patient. We have to wait and hear from him in order to be aligned with his will for our lives. And not just that, patience helps in everyday life. You know, half of the half of the US is on anxiety medicine. You know, probably I work at a doctor's office and most likely about I'd say forty to sixty percent of our patients are on some type of anxiety medication. And it's because we don't the world is so void of understanding <laughs> excuse me of understanding how you know I'm not sure where I was going with that, but um it's just it's it's awesome that you can look back on your life and See how far God is taking you from one place to another, if you'll let him. And, you know, being a child of God, he wants to give you what you want, what you need, what you desire. He really does. But sometimes what we want is not what he wants for us. All right, we're going to take a little break, and then we'll come back. Thank you for all of us, all of you out there supporting us and uh, praying for us. We really appreciate it. Okay. Finding myself at a loss for words And the funny thing is, it's okay The last thing I need is to be heard But to hear what you would say
Again, it's Rebecca Holmberg with uh, Prayer International Blog Talk Radio. Uh, we have some people in our chat room tonight, and uh looks like we did have a caller, but uh, I'm still kind of new at this, so I kind of didn't answer. Um, sorry about that. Please keep listening. Um, we're just here, you know, and we're just just kind of running down my testimony and just a little bit about me since I've kind of been out of the picture in the last few months, you know, my husband's, I, you know, I, I've been so proud of him because he's wanted for years to be in ministry and he's, God uses him so much and it's amazing. And, you know, our life is so anointed, and I I praise God, you know, I really do. And uh, I was so proud of him for doing this, but now I just, I see that is beyond comprehension, and I think my level of respect for him went up so much just from trying to do the broadcast myself. It's not easy. It's not easy to talk to people about God, especially in the world we live in today. But you know what? We're we're not supposed to be like the world. We're supposed to be, you know, conformed not to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of our minds. And God doesn't want us to be like the world. We're supposed to be different. We're supposed to be his chosen children. You know, um, and I just, oh, it's so tough today. And I'm sure it was when my, you know, parents and grandparents were raising children. But it's so tough and to raise godly children in these days. But, you know, somehow along the way, Something rubbed off on my kids. I uh, just want to tell you a little story. It happened, and it's one of those moments as a mother, you look at your child and you're like, God, I'm so proud of you. I don't know how that happened, but it's it's awesome. And what happened was uh, my kids and I were sitting at the kitchen table like we do often, you know, homework time after school. And my daughter was telling me about, 
these uh, other girls that have the locker above hers. And she's told me throughout the year how they just, you know, accidentally uh, drop books on her head. And, you know, it's not nice, and it's really not. And, you know, growing up with brothers, she's got tough skin, but most of the time she shakes it off. But this day she was just so upset, so very upset. I just don't know why they keep dropping their books on me and and this and that. And my 11-year-old son looks at her and says, oh, Emily, you shouldn't talk like that. That's not you. That's the enemy. And I just, it's just one of those moments that you just kind of sit back and, you know, think, wow. My kid just said that, you know, that's, I, that's awesome. <laughs> I mean, just to know that somehow, you know, my kids and we don't go to church every Sunday, you know. They've learned this from watching us pray and from us praying with them. And, you know, and my three older children are saved. Um, have been for almost a year now. And uh, it's just amazing how much God moves so easily in there. There's no fear of of the world around them. There's no they're not afraid to go up and tell people about Jesus. They're not afraid like we are. And it's it's just amazing just to watch them in the spirit that God has given these children and their bravery and their courage. And you know, it's it's just awesome. It makes me feel good as a parent, even though I know it's not me, it's God. But, wow, it's one of those wow moments, I tell you. And um, I don't know if my husband has told anyone, but we do have a new child in our home that is uh, his niece. That through circumstances, God has placed with us. For we don't really know how long, but we're going to use that opportunity to make sure that, you know, she knows about God. And we feel that that's the purpose that God has placed her in our home. And we believe that she is meant to be something wonderful and great. So uh, we started praying not you know, a couple weeks or even sooner than that uh, with her last year. And just to see her face light up when she knew that you could pray to God whenever you wanted. Just to look on a little five-year-old girl's face, just just to know that she can pray. Oh. It touched my heart so much. It really did. Um, She's been a great blessing. And, you know, we thank God again for patience because of the situation we're in with her and things that are going on. Um, 
Thank you, Rosemary. Um, you know, and she has lost so much in her little life. She has gone through probably more than I have in my entire 35 years. And uh, just, you know, to see the smile on her face is just awesome. And I tell you, she will pray. She will. You know, anytime anything's hurt, oh, Mom, let's pray. Let's pray for it. And she knows that God heals. And she knows that God answers prayers. And I thank God that he does. Well, I'm going to go ahead and uh, play another song, and then uh, we'll come back and talk a little more before Chris starts. Uh, Thank you all very much. Thank God for you all. Um, and uh, pray that uh, your lives are touched this week and uh, you know just something I think about is that we take so much in our lives for granted so much if we could just learn to take a step back and look around think we'll be able to see God in almost anything. All right, and we're going to go into this next song. Thank you for listening.
we're back. Uh, again, it's Rebecca Holmberg for Prayer International Blog Talk Radio. I just want to end with a word of prayer. Lord, thank you for this time that we can come together and worship you. Uh, We have such a deep need for you. Lord, uh, we have such a deep anxiety in our lives today, Lord. And I believe that the enemy is trying to get us. (laughs) He's trying to take us as far away from you as we can as he can lord i i pray that you can just call us back to you lord we want you to use us and you know the trials that we go through lord Lord, I pray for all those in the world tonight that are suffering from anxiety or depression, Lord. I pray that you send your Holy Spirit just to sit by them and to let them know that you're there and to let them know that it's okay to be sad. It's okay to be anxious. But that you're going to make it right. And that you can. Lord, I pray for that that child that something is happening in their life tonight, Lord. Something maybe at home that they can't handle. So they... They find a way to, you know, they can't handle their emotions yet. They don't know how. Lord, somehow our children have, we're not teaching them. We're not teaching them, Lord. We're not teaching them how to, how to express their feelings, Lord, and their emotions, in a healthy way. Lord, I pray for wisdom for our parents. Those parents that are out there and and they're lost themselves. So lost that they don't know how to help their children. And their children are lashing out at others. You know, whether it be bullying kids at school or, or you know, doing Things that they normally would not do because they don't have the skills to actually, you know, solve problems because we're not teaching them. Lord, I pray for Daniel. Lord, touch his his little heart, his little life. Lord, I pray that you use him 
to help this child that's bullying him. Lord, we don't know what that child is going through at home and in their life. We we don't know, but you do. I pray for that whole situation, Lord, and all the others, and you know, that are like that. Lord, I pray for healing for so so many people. Your people are hurting tonight, Lord, and we need you. We just need you. We thank you for just being able to pray to you and to know that you're there and our our prayers don't, you know, hit the ceiling and not go farther. They go all the way to you, Lord. You hear every one of them. And I thank you that you're there. And you're there to heal. You're there to help. And you're there to love. Lord, I just want to bless all those listeners tonight, Lord. All those hurting people that that need you, Lord. Thank you for that. I just want to end on that note. Uh, we're going to be talking with Chris Herzog soon. So uh, I'll just continue to keep all in my prayers. And uh, hope that you'll be doing the same for me. And uh, just want to say, Lord, bless all of you. And thank you. Thank you. 
We're back, and this is Prayer International Radio. Uh, my name is Chris Herzog, and just picking up uh, the second half of the broadcast, and just so thankful to have Sean's wife, Rebecca Holmberg, in the studio tonight, just sharing her heart, and just sharing the book of James, and just uh, actually that was the first time uh, for her to do that, so, you know, we're just blessed by it, so that's awesome. Praise the Lord. Well, if you want to call in, we're at 619-638-8458. You can always email us at prayerinternational at gmail.com or go to the phone. We've got the 1-800 number up, which is 1-800-701-2785. All right, praise God. Uh, of course, everybody probably by now knows the uh, web address. We've got a poster in the chat room as well www.prayerinternational.org And I think we're going to go ahead and go into some prayer And just lift up some praise It looks like we got a few guests in the prayer room Chat room, hello guests, God bless you guys Let me know, looks like we've got Sister Rosemary for Jesus And we also have Kiana uh, something like that. Uh, God bless you under the name Johnson K. God bless you and guests. Well, Father, right now we just come before you. 
And we just thank you for the blood of Jesus. Lord, we're so thankful, Father, for what you're doing in our lives, what you're doing in the lives of our listeners tonight, Father. Lord, we just pray, Father, your will be done and your kingdom come, Lord, that you would move in a mighty way, that you would reveal yourself, just as the worship song that was played earlier, declaring that you are real and that you are God and that your yoke is easy and your burden is light. And we declare right now for those that are going through anxieties and heaviness and situations and circumstances, trials and temptations right now, Father, that your yoke is easy and your burden is light, Father. And we pray that your Holy Spirit would bring them through every situation. Father God, we thank you that you are a deliverer and that you always cause us to triumph in you, Father, that you are more, Lord God, than the enemy that is nipping at our heels. Lord, you are greater. You are more. You are bigger. And, Father, we magnify you, and we lift your name on high tonight, Lord. And we are declaring for every person listening and for those that they are praying for, for their families and their spouses, their children, parents, whoever's represented tonight, Father, we just pray, Father God, for a move of God in their hearts, for a move of God in their lives, that, Father, heaven would invade the earth wherever they stand, Lord God, and that, Lord, they would experience your peace tonight. They would experience your glory tonight. Father, they would know the love of God, Lord, that nothing can separate them from the love of God. That, Lord, no height, no depth, no principality, no angel, no devil, no man, nothing can separate them from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus. And, Father, we just declare For those even that have been condemned by religion, Lord, there's no condemnation in Christ Jesus for those that walk not after the Spirit. That walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. Those that are not running after the carnal things, but those that are seeking after the things of God. Father, they can be free and stand in the liberty, Lord, of the blood of Jesus Christ, the liberty of the Holy Spirit. So, Father, we just pray for our freedom, Lord to just move over everyone tonight, Father, the peace of God, which passes all understanding to calm their anxieties and calm their fears. Father, you said to be anxious for nothing, but in every prayer, everything, by prayer and supplication, Lord, make our requests known to God. And so, Father, we pray against the anxieties and the fears, the heaviness. Father, we put on the garment of praise tonight to come against the spirit of heaviness. We declare what you're declaring. You said oil of joy for mourning, but you'd give us beauty for ashes. And I pray, Father, for those that have walked through, Lord God, rubble and the stubble of the mistakes and the things that have happened in their lives, Father. Sometimes when they look at it, it may look like just a big pile of rubble, just a big mess. But, Father, I pray that you'd turn their messes into messages that you'd turn their mistakes into miracles. And, Father, you'd raise up out of the ash heaps and the rubble of their lives a blessing. Father, you said you'd raise up the wasted places and raise up the former desolations. Father, you said you'd give us rivers in the desert and that where there was dry ground, you would bring a river. Father, you said where there was death, you would bring life. You said where there's dry bones in the desert, you'd cause them to stand up and become an exceeding great army. 
So, Father, I'm praying over the dry places and the dead places, the wasted places, the places in people's lives that need to be restored and resurrected. And, Father, I thank you, Lord, that you are the God of the resurrection power. Jesus, you are the resurrection and the life. We just declare that by your Spirit, you are raising the dead places in people's lives, and you are making everything good. You're using even the negative things, even the bad things. Everything is working together for the good of those that love God and are called according to his purpose. I'm declaring that over everyone tonight in the chat room. I'm declaring that tonight over America, that every evil thing will be turned around and God will make it good. And, Father, we pray for America right now, the United States of America, that you would turn the heart of our nation to your heart, Father. We pray your kingdom purposes to be infiltrated into our nation, Lord, that you would raise up righteousness in our land, appoint righteous leaders, turn the hearts of your people, Lord, turn your Christians into real believers, fill them by your spirit and give them ears to hear what you're speaking over our nation. And, Father, we pray your will be done and your kingdom come. Bless our president tonight, Lord. Turn his heart to you. Turn his family to you. Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, we just pray. Father God, that you just move in a mighty way. You'd move in uh, Jerusalem. You'd move in Israel, move in the Middle East. Father, we pray for the peace of Jerusalem right now. We pray for the peace of Jerusalem right now. We pray for Israel, Father, to be saved, to know Jesus as the Messiah. We pray for their protection. We pray for their prosperity. And, Lord, you should pray for their peace. And so we do, Lord, and we just thank you, Father. And we just ask this in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Hey, we also want to say a prayer. It looks like we've got Cirrus1993 and a guest in the chat room, prayer room tonight. We just want to bless you. Just speak the will of God in your life. Look, if there's anything you guys need, feel free to give us a call, 619-638-8458. We'll probably take some live calls. Uh, at some point in the show, whenever we break into music, we may, you know, do some of that. Um, we're going to get into the Word here in a minute. But well, right now we're going to go into a time of worship. You know, we're speaking to nations. And I'm going to go ahead and put a song on that's really a prophetic declaration. And when we're, pray- when we're praying these songs, when we're playing these songs, we also want to be praying these songs. I actually said it right the first time. We want to play these songs. We want to declare the word of God. We want to speak to nations. You know, Jesus said you can speak to the mountain, and it will be moved. And if you've got a mountain in your life, you can speak to it. Well, tonight we are speaking to nations. We are speaking to countries. We are speaking to this nation. We are speaking to states and cities. We are speaking to households and families. We are speaking to churches and individuals. And we're saying be open to the gospel of Jesus Christ. We're declaring the powers of darkness have to flee tonight. Because in the name of Jesus, every knee will bow and every tongue confess to the glory of God the Father. And we're declaring tonight, God will have his way. And the nations will be open. Praise God. All right, so let's go 
going to a time of worship.
God, we're back. This is Prayer International Radio. And just wanted to take some time to worship the Lord. And like I said before, you know, when we're worshiping God and using this time to correct our focus, and, you know, the Bible says if we come before his presence with singing, Psalms 100, verse 3, it also says enter his gates with thanksgiving in our hearts and enter his courts with praise. 
which means the only way we're going to get into the realm of God, the only way we're going to get into that heavenly realm or the realm of the kingdom is to worship, is to praise, is to be thankful, is to come with a heart shielded and open before him and allow his spirit to reciprocate his love back to us. As You know, as we, it's kind of like this. The Bible says if you draw near to God, he's going to draw near to you and you're going to reap what you sow. When you begin to lift your voice and lift your praise and lift your worship unto the Lord, the Lord will reciprocate back to you. Did you know that Zephaniah says, The Lord your God in the midst of you is mighty, and he rejoices over you with singing? Did you know that God rejoices over you with singing? And I think that he's probably singing over you a lot more than you're singing over him, but God has a way of reciprocating back to us. That's why he says you reap what you sow. And so that's why we take this on. And I don't want you to just sing songs for the sake of singing songs, but allow it to really fine-tune your spirit. Allow it to steer your mind and, and tune your heart and your focus unto the Lord. Allow that time for the Holy Spirit to come in and and begin to do kingdom business on the inside. See, Jesus said this, when you pray to the Father, go into the closet and shut the door, and your Father who sees you in secret, which means when he sees you really pouring your heart out and being vulnerable and sharing and expressing things with him that you can't express with anybody else because it's in secret. And the Lord says, what you do in secret, I'm going to reward you openly. If you're going to walk in a powerful Christian life, if you're going to walk in an overcoming Christian life, if you want to see God's glory manifest in your midst, and whenever you walk into a place, if you want to see God's presence and his Holy Spirit change the atmosphere, then you have to become a container. You have to become a conduit. You have to become a habitation for the Spirit of God. Well, the way you do that, the Bible says God inhabits the praise of his people. If you want God's glory to live in you, then you need to make room for him. You need to open up. You need to set the conditions for the Holy Spirit to come and abide and rest and settle in you and upon you. And the first way is you invite him in based on faith in the blood of Jesus. Jesus said, I stand at your heart's door and I knock. And if any man would let me in, I will come in and I'll sup with him. That means he wants to dine with you. And you know, anytime you dine with people, that meal is usually centered around conversation, interaction on different levels. And when you sup and dine with Jesus, he expects there to be communication and interaction on different levels. See, he wants to be intimately acquainted with you. And so praise God. So you might wonder, why do you speak to the nations? Well, the Bible says, like I said, speak to the mountain and it will be moved. Well, what we're speaking, and the reason I played that song, Word of God, Speak Again, there's a reason we're speaking to nations, and there's a certain message that we're speaking. We want them to be open to the gospel of Jesus Christ. 
We want them to hear the word of God. Listen, your Christian walk doesn't grow outside of the word of God that's implanted and engrafted into your heart. The Bible says that we live by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. That means your Christian growth, it doesn't start from a Bible study. The minute you learn more Bible, it helps. And it's good because God says meditate on his word day and night. And when you do what's in it, you'll have good success. So that's necessary. But your Christian growth matures when you begin to hear the voice of God. When you begin to hear the voice of God, you begin to hear the truth of the Spirit of God, the active living words, the rhema word. See, there's a logos word. The letter of the law kills, but the Spirit gives life. There's a letter word, a logos word, a written word. But there's also a living word, a spoken word, a now word, a supernatural word that's specific for the timing and the purpose of God for your life in this season now. And the reason why we have so many religious drones out there that are lifeless and not full of the life of God is because they've had a tradition and a religion, but it's been void of the Spirit of God. It's been void of the voice in the living Word of God, and their life has been void of the purposes and the specific assignments of God for their life now. And so they may have a church service, and they may have a Bible study, and they may have a small group, and they may have all these different activities in their lives. But if they're not connected to the voice of God, if they're not connected to the Holy Spirit, they've been sold short. They've been duped. And so what I'm declaring to you tonight is our prayer is that your eyes would be open, that your ears would be open, that your hearts and your minds would be open to hear that living word of God speaking to you specifically for this season of your life. And you can take those words. See, it's one thing to read the book. It's another thing to sit down and have a conversation with the author. And have him explain the book and why he wrote the book. And exactly what was in his mind the moment he wrote that certain paragraph in that certain chapter of the book. Totally different experience. And you can read the Bible from cover to cover and not know the author. Or you can sit down and have an experience and a conversation with the Holy Spirit. And have God engraft and write his word on your heart. And cause you to be that living epistle to be read of all men. See, Paul says, we're living epistles to be read and seen of all men in the earth, which means people are reading your life. They're looking at your life to see if they can see Jesus. Can they see Jesus when they read your life? Question. Can the world see Jesus when they read your life? When they see your behavior, when they listen to your conversations, when they see the fruit of your lips and the fruit of your life and the actions and the things that you do and the way that you present yourself to the world, the way that you give yourself to the world, does it look like Jesus? Does it look like the Christianity of the Bible? 
And there's many things in my life I'd have to examine and at times say, not always. And there's certain things in my life that need adjusting. Certain things in my life that need adjustments so that I can be transformed and conformed into the image of Christ. So that I can imitate Christ. So that I can imitate those that who through faith and patience inherited the promises of God. And so allow the living words of God to transform your life, to change your life. See, by beholding him, we are changed. And that's why you need to see the living God when you behold the word of God. When you look and read and study the word of God, it's got to lead you to him. It's got to bring you into his presence and bring you into his voice and bring you into his love. And bring you into the fruits of the Spirit and the character of God and the, the purposes of God. See, if you read Genesis, you'll see that men and women encountered God in a real living way. And if you read Exodus and continue all the way through the Old Testament, all the way to the book of Malachi, you'll see that men and women had experiences and encounters with the living God that went far beyond just reading the Torah. that went far beyond just reading the book of Psalms or the Proverbs or the prophetic books or, or the prophets, whatever books that they had, the Torah and the Old Testament, the Tanakh, whatever you want to call it, it's the Hebrew words for the books. But listen, if that Torah and that Tanakh and that Old Testament did not lead those Jews to an encounter with the living God, then what good was it? The Bible wasn't written so that you could have an experience with the Bible. The Bible was written so that you could have an experience with the living God. The Bible was written so that you could have an experience with the Holy Spirit. The Bible wasn't written so that you could read about how great of a healer God was for everybody else. The Bible was written so that you could read about how great of a healer God is when you need Jehovah Rophe, the healer in your life. The Bible wasn't written so you could see about how great of a Savior Jesus is to the Jews that believed him in the book of Acts or shortly after he hung on the cross or, or even the three years before he hung on the cross. But the Bible explained the salvation of Jesus and the reason he went to the cross and the reason he rose from the grave and the reason he's seated at the right hand of the Father praying for you is so that you can have salvation for you. So that you can have salvation for your family. So that you can have a relationship with Jesus Christ that's personal and real. And if when you read this Bible, when you read the word of truth, if it's not doing that for you, then you have not experienced the gospel. You've merely experienced religion. So that's why we will always preach the word of truth. We will always declare the word of God on the program. And if you're just tuning in, this is Prayer International Radio. My name is Chris Herzog, and 
Our call-in number is 619-638-8458. The website is www.prayerinternational.org, and you can always email us at prayerinternational at gmail.com. So we're declaring, the reason we declare the word is all scripture. That's why we'll preach the Old Testament and we'll preach the New Testament. Because all scripture, 2 Timothy 3.16 says, all scripture is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, and for instruction. And the word of God has got to lay a doctrine. It's got to be used for reproof. It needs to be used to bring correction in your life. And it's also there to instruct you in the way that you should go. Instruction and righteousness. The word of God declares the grass withers and the flower fades. Heaven and earth will pass away, but God's words will never pass away. The word of the Lord stands forever. Why? Because God's words are spirit and life. Spirit and life. Spirit and life. The word of the Lord is so clear it gives insight to life. It will actually give you insight. It will actually give you solutions for your problems. Why? Because it doesn't return void. God's word never fails. It goes out and it accomplishes that which it was purposed to do. Why? Because it was given by inspiration from God. When the word of God goes forth, it's inspired by God. Therefore, it will be carried out by God. Therefore, it won't fail because God doesn't fail. He's not slack concerning his promises. All the promises of God are yes and amen in him. And God's word settled in heaven forever, which means when he says it, it shall be done. Period. And so you can trust in God. You can trust in the Lord. Because his word endures forever. And if you love Jesus, you can keep his commandments. Why? He's in you to will to do of his good pleasure. He's in you to help you to do it. The Holy Spirit. You can hide his word in your heart. He gives you that option. You know, you can take the Word of God and hide it in your heart, meditate on it, and get it on the inside of you so that, therefore, it will begin to change you. It'll keep you. It'll, it'll keep you from sinning. It'll keep you from having impure thoughts, impure motives, impure agendas. When your heart is continually seeking after God, you'll just want what God wants. But it comes through meditation and transformation of the word of God moving powerfully in the life of a person that's willing to take God at his word. See, he that comes to God must believe that he is. So you can't even come to God unless you believe that he is. Why? God says, my soul takes pleasure. My soul doesn't take pleasure in him who draws back. And without faith, it's impossible to please him. So if you want to please him, you've got to believe. All the things that you hope for, all the things that you haven't seen yet, that's faith. Just start declaring it. Declaring it. Start declaring things that you haven't seen yet. Begin to declare them differently. Call things not as though they are. That's what God does. And he says, imitate him. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. Why? Because we don't walk by anything else but faith. We walk by faith. We walk by faith. Which means if you're not walking by faith, your spiritual walk is crippled. 
Your spiritual walk is neglected and stunted. Your spiritual growth is stunted if you're not walking in faith. Well, how does faith come? Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. See, that's where we started tonight, is you live by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Therefore, your faith, you can't even have faith in God if you're not hearing the words of God. And so that's why we're declaring to you this word of truth, so that you can grow, so that you can believe God, so that your faith will grow, so that you can please God, so that you can experience his blessing. Did you know he's a rewarder of those that diligently seek him? Did you know he wants to reward you and give you additions in your life if you're seeking first his kingdom? Seeking first his righteousness. It pleases him. He wants to be pursued. God wants you to pursue him in a love relationship. He wants you to have confidence in him. Listen, he's able to perform everything that he's promised. God's faithful and he'll do what he says he will do. Just begin to believe him. All the promises of God, the Bible says, are yes and amen. You know, he's able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that you ask or think. But you know, that's according to the power that works in you. See, we always want to stop. Sometimes we love to quote scripture. But we want to stop right in the middle of the verse. And therefore, we never experience the power of that verse. It just becomes this cliche thing that we quote all the time to sound spiritual. Or it sounds like the Christian thing to say or do. Or something we might know in our minds to be true, but we've never experienced in our hearts. Maybe it's because, see, we need to know truth. And the truth will set us free. And the only way we're going to know truth is to have a full understanding of truth. So let's read the scriptures in their entirety. When you read Romans 8, 1, don't say, oh, there's no condemnation for those in Christ. Yeah, that's true. But what does it really say? There's now, therefore, no condemnation for those that are in Christ Jesus who walk not after the flesh but after the spirit. That means if you're a carnal Christian and you're running after the things of the world, well, guess what? You'll, you'll feel condemned over it because the devil will beat you up with it. But if you're walking after the things of the Spirit, what does he have on you? What finger can the devil point at you if you're walking after the Spirit? You won't be condemned because your heart will be at peace with God. Okay? Well, it also says he's able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think. And we like to stop there. But the scripture says it's according to the power that works in us. Well, how does that power work in us? By faith. Faith works by love. And God gives us not a spirit of fear, but power, love, and a sound mind. So love comes from God. He who is born of God must love because God is love. Which means when you're filled with God, the Holy Spirit... The Bible says love is shed abroad in your heart by the Holy Spirit, which means it's the Holy Spirit that puts the love in your heart in the first place. 
What am I saying? Faith is a fruit of the Spirit, but it's also a gift of the Spirit. Why do I say that? Because, see, you're not going to have faith. Nobody can come to God unless the Spirit draw him. And see, faith comes by hearing, which means it's a gift. When you begin to hear the words of God, it builds your confidence in God. Because the more God talks to you, and the more you begin to trust him, and the more he fulfills his promises in your life, the more you begin to believe him, and the more confident you get in him, and then the more your prayers get answered, and the next thing you know, you just start trusting God. And that's what he wants. He just wants you to trust him. He just wants you to love him. He just wants you to walk with him. It's real simple. Jesus said, look, this is the deal. Two commandments. Let's let's put the, the other ten, you know, now that we're going to scratch them and forget about them, but let's reevaluate this, he says. He says, number one, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And number two, love your neighbor as yourself. On these two hang all the law and the prophets, which means Which means these two scriptures are foundational scriptures, foundational truths for our Christian walk. And this is what God's trying to get across to us. Sometimes we try to oversimplify, not oversimplify things, but make things so difficult and so uh, exhaustive instead of just being very simple. And so why are we saying this? Because we want this word of truth to draw you closer to him. So more of him can be manifested in you. So that your life can be effectual. See, we want to help encourage. But we also want to help equip. See, it's it's our job. The reason we have teachers and pastors and evangelists and apostles and prophets is to equip us to train us, to teach us, to give us the tools and the resources and to help bring us to a maturity level where we can begin to do the things of God. See, when I first came into the kingdom, God put different fivefold ministry gifts in my life, different pastors and teachers, different apostles and the prophets and intercessors and evangelists, all these people that helped train me up in the things of God. And let me just say this as a little clause. In spite of all those teachers and people in my life, Nothing trained me in the kingdom more than getting my face in that Bible, getting on the floor, getting on my face, praying, lifting my hands, worshiping, praising God, seeking God on my own. Did I have mentors? A few. Did I have some people kind of point me in some right directions? At times. But honestly, a lot of things in the kingdom came to me by experience and learning them the hard way or learning them by accident or And, yes, I did have some great teachers along the way, and that does help. See, a lot of times we can have mentors speed up the process in our life. We don't have to make as many mistakes and get hurt. We can just have people. We can learn from other people's mistakes and avoid a lot of the pain 
And I think that's why God puts teachers and mentors in our lives, because he's so loving. He doesn't want us to experience all that pain and learn everything the hard way. That's why he says, seek wise counsel. A matter will be established by two or three witnesses. Why? Because he wants to help you avoid the mistakes along the way. But also when it comes down to it, you've got to hear God for yourself. You can't go by what man says. When man declare the word of God to you, it should only be confirming the word that God's already speaking. If you're if you're listening to a preacher preach something out of the Bible, it should be confirming in your heart what God is already declaring to you. If you're seeking the things of God and studying and reading on your own and and really putting some effort into your Christian walk. You're trying to develop a little discipline. Try to read a, a chapter a day or a half a chapter a day if you can. You know, five minutes out of your day to read your Bible. But I guarantee you, as you just take that five minutes to read a chapter a day, you will start to have confirmations. People will say things that will remind you of scriptures you read, or you'll turn on the Christian radio or the blog talk radio or the the sermon your pastor preaches in the church or whatever the Christian television is saying, and all of a sudden you'll get these confirmations of things that God has begun to show you. And there are little guideposts along the way. And so we're never going to down accountability. We're never going to down authority. We're never going to down, you know, fellowship and forsaking the assemblies. I mean, I will say that in most of our churches today, people aren't getting what they need. And in most of our churches today, a lot of them are getting sold a, a, a duped bill of goods, and it's not the real gospel. And for that, my heart breaks, because I've been caught up in a lot of that mess myself. But we'll never tell you to not forsake, or I'll never tell you to forsake the assembly. We'll never tell you not to go to church. We'll never tell you not to, to get with other Christians, because that's part of this thing. It's community and fellowship. But more than any of it, more than any of it, you must get with God. You must seek God while he can be found. You must call upon the Lord while he is near. And he will answer you because he's waiting for you. He's waiting. Do you remember when the prodigal son walked away from the father and he went and he spent his whole inheritance on garbage? He just spent it on riotous living, partying and just doing just, Unspeakable things. It doesn't even go into detail what he did. It talked about a few of the things, but it didn't even go into details. Why? Because God says, let's not even talk about what the unrighteous do in secret. But whatever things are good, pure, lovely, and good report, let's keep our mind on those things. But anyways, so here the prodigal son is, away from his father. And it says his father was standing a great while off and was looking for him. And when the prodigal son was coming up the road, he saw him while he was a great while off. He knew it when he when he was coming towards the home. Now let me tell you, the Bible says all of heaven rejoices when one sinner comes to repentance. Did you know that? That means they're waiting. The Father is waiting. The minute you turn back to God, the minute you turn your heart back to God, and I don't care if it's the first time you come to him, or it's the 60th time you repent and get your heart right and get on the right track, whatever the case is. Jesus says 70 times 7, that's how many times you need to forgive. Bottom line is this. Wherever you're at, the Father is waiting for you to turn your heart back to him. 
The Father's waiting for you to run to Him. And don't be like the older brother. If you see people that are away from the Father and they're turning their hearts and they're making an attempt and they're trying to get back to God, they're trying to get to God, then don't you be like that older brother that condemns and judges and talks a bunch of garbage about the those that are coming into the kingdom. You'd be the one, the Bible says, you who are spiritual should restore such a one that's fallen in a spirit of meekness. You should find those that have fallen and maybe they've messed it up. Maybe they've fallen, what we call fallen from grace. Maybe even a minister that has messed some things up that needs somebody just to love him and restore him and bring him back into the things of God. Or maybe a, a woman minister that needs to just be loved and restored back into the things of God. Or maybe a husband or a wife or a child or a parent did something wrong that they need to just let the love of God restore them back. So let me tell you, God is waiting for you to turn to him. He's waiting for you to humble yourself under the mighty hand of God. He's waiting for you to reach out to him so that he can infiltrate your life. He can show up in your life. He can show himself real in your life. And not just for you, but for his name's sake, because he is good, and he is God. And he so loved the world that he gave his only son so that all could come to know him. Did you know that? Unfortunately, not all will come. But God is calling. So turn your heart to him. Let me pray for you. Father, in the name of Jesus, we just pray for everyone listening tonight that you'd reveal yourself to them in a mighty way. Turn their mistakes into miracles. Move their mountains and cast them into the sea. We pray, Lord, your will be done in your kingdom come in their lives. We just ask this in Jesus' name. This is Prayer International. My name is Chris Herzog, and we'll be back tomorrow night. And we just thank you for listening.